Hey, I'm Trey Cal, the socialist barista. And I'm Trey Dex. And we have Casey from Casey Makes Coffee with us today. Say what's up, Casey. What's up? That's me. I'm Casey. Yep, she's here. So we are going to be talking all things coffee, talking about, you know, the things Casey's up to these days. She's doing a lot of stuff. If you don't follow her on Instagram, you need to. If you don't buy her stuff on her shop, you need to. If you don't get trained for her on the internet, you need to. Don't forget, you can find our podcast um, on uh, things like iTunes and uh, Spotify, or if you could eat a whole entire box of Popeye's biscuits, you probably listen to us on Overcast. Get wrecked, Overcast. This is a Socialist Barista podcast. Okay, so we have Casey from we Casey Mace Coffee. Casey, I forgot to ask you, but how do I say your last name? Okay, yeah, I get this one a lot. So get ready. Oh, Chartier. I'm ready. Chartier, Chartier, which is French, French Canadian. That's the origin of that one. Wow. The second half is Vigna Piano. That is so awesome. Vigna I'm like, Piano? Yeah. I love that. I'm very particular about saying people's names correctly. Well, that's so, nice. That's Casey Chartier. You say my name wrong all the time, dude. Whatever, dude. Your name is my name. <laughs> oh, dang it. Okay. Maybe not uh, uh, like legally, but you know, my uh, my non-government name is uh, still Trey. But, well, I had it first. <laughs> well, we're doing things a little different today. We're recording <laughs> live on Clubhouse. Just kind of seeing what that's like, seeing if that's something we want to do more often in the future. And also on Discord, if you have Discord, feel free to join in. We also have special benefits for our Patreon supporters, so that's cool. But anyways, Clubhouse has been kind of cool. I've been like myself, I've spent the last like week and a half kind of not like obsessing, but like just really jumping in, listening to people in the industry, talking about coffee and all that cool stuff. Um, just because I love to connect and hear people's stories. So it's been pretty fun. I've done like probably 95% listening and maybe talked like 5% of the time because I don't really know what to say. Usually I'm just, I'm that kind of guy. I'm an introvert. So it's been cool. I don't know if you guys are on Clubhouse very often. I am not. (laughs) Me neither. Every time there's like a great talk that I want to be a part of, I'm like either... Half awake, half asleep, um, or out doing something. So it, it feels like a commitment for me, but I feel like I need to just get over that, you know? Yeah, I think like if you love Reddit, fair. you would love Clubhouse. That's I love I Reddit. I've been I a Redditor Reddit. since I was like 12. Oh my, <laughs> oh my gosh. Ridiculous. I, I know. I know. I had my two year Reddit anniversary like a week ago, and I was like, man, I feel like I've been here forever. It's only been two years. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like yeah. you've been there forever, too. Right. I always talk about it. People like say something like, oh, yeah, well, I read on Reddit the other day, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, what is Reddit? Like, people are like, what the heck? <laughs> What's is a Reddit? And now everyone knows about it because Reddit's taken over the stock market. So that's cool. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, you know, before we start, I just got to say, I got something. And it just oh really my God. grinds my gears. <laughs> Here it is, dude. Every freaking it week. It just really grinds my gears. All right. Yeah, season two. That's what really grinds my gears. There's something, you know, I'm an appreciator of all coffee origins. Like, are you just, you sure? I I think so. Mm. As far as I know. It's just like, oops, sorry for the people on Clubhouse. I just 
totally dropped my phone. Um, anyways, <laughs> so like, it kind of grinds my gears when a customer comes and asks about all the pour over options or all the coffee you have for sale. And you, you mentioned for some reason, and don't get me wrong, makes the best coffee in the world. You know, it's like the, the heart, the soul, the origin of all coffee in Ethiopia. But the moment you say Ethiopia, it's like customers all of a sudden have no interest in any of the other reasons you just mentioned. They can't hear anything. They're not about it. They're just kind of, oh, you have have a Sumatra. That's weird. You said that Ethiopian. That's so weird. I'd just rather have that. And I'm just like, I I, I was thinking about that too at work the other day. Like, oh, we got this Guatemalan on espresso. It's really tasty. I go, oh, do you have anything? I'm like, yeah, pour over. And I was like, yeah, and we have an Ethiopian, and then we also have an Honduras. It's like, oh, Ethiopian. I'm like, you had so many options that are so tasty, and you just went yeah. right to the. You didn't even care. Like, you don't waited. get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I love love the Ethiopian, but yeah, I like it too. Honestly, you know what else grinds my gears is there's not enough love for Guatemalan coffee. I agree. Mm-hmm. I've just had some great Guatemalans the last few years, and I just feel like we're not talking about it. <laughs> And like we're not talking about Guatemala. I'm a little upset. I'm a little upset. Gosh, man, you've had a lot of stuff grinding your gears recently. You know what? I'm just, I'm just an angry child. You know, Casey, I'm an angry child. Casey, is there anything that grinds your gears? Anything that just like makes you, makes makes you angry? Just makes you mad? Well, let's see. First, I want to start off by you're missing a joke here. You need to be saying grind your burrs, dude. That's what I'm saying. You're right. But he wouldn't grind do it. He burr. never would do it. I just never think about it because it's always okay. You don't really grind my burrs. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Rookie mistake. Uh, Rookie. Let's see what grinds my gears slash burst. Well, you know what? I was with Dayglow for a little bit, as you know. Um, okay. and I was actually filling in for them this week. They had like an emergency. So I was doing some yeah, shifts I saw that. there again. Yeah. Um, and I was a barista for like, you know, like six years. And then I went into corporate when I worked for metric, but being back in the service, like dynamic in a pandemic, the thing that really grinds my gears is just all the mask stuff and the people who just do not care, you know, who will take down their mask, their nose is hanging out. It's like getting in my V60. And I'm like, I'm going to have to redial this now because you're rude self pulled down your mask there's like kids running everywhere people picking their noses i'm like y'all we're in a pandemic right now you know hush up a little bit yes it is crazy it's crazy (laughs) people are just like i feel like and i want to have grace you know because being angry all the time is just not good for the nervous system right so i'm just like well you know they're probably you know pent up in their house that's also not fun we're all suffering right now life is suffering but have a little bit of patience for the baristas i feel like my gears are ground for all the baristas who do not get to leave their jobs and have to deal with that every day Mm -hmm. i mean it's a lot of work a lot of work yeah that really grinds my burrs what really grinds your burrs is when baristas they use the last bit of a syrup and then they don't don't make, make more any more. Ah! Yes, I know. Because <laughs> I work at a coffee shop that has not been very busy, you know. So when a group of customers comes in, I get amped. I get amped. I'm talking about I'm twisting portafilters in my hand. 
I'm I'm like two border filters at a time. I'm feeling I'm in the zone. And then it's like ice vanilla latte, ice vanilla latte, ice vanilla latte. I'm like, I'm cool with that. I'm okay. I'll pull I will pull so many ice vanilla lattes. Or regular vanilla latte. And I reach over to the vanilla, I'm like, oh, we're almost empty. I go to the back, nothing's in the back. I look for Uh-oh. the recipe because it's a new shop and like, you know, recipes kind of float around until they're actually written down. No recipe yet, like written down. I'm like, well, I'm just going to one-to-one this baby on sugar to hot water, add a little bit of vanilla to it, and we'll just go with it. And hope it tastes good. Exactly. But I was like, ah. just grinds my burrs when you're like, I'm picturing the barista in their head, like, do-do-do-do-do, well, refilling the vanilla here, trying to help my next barista out. And they go, oh, man, there's no more vanilla in this gallon jug. And then they put it down and go, dang it, and just walk away. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know what? You know what? It really grinds my burrs. At least you don't like have to have, you know, work at a place where they make the syrups like off site and you have to wait for them to bring it to you when you need it. That would be oh, very annoying. Oh. Not from personal experience or anything. Right. <laughs> Ouch. Like when they when they make the syrup at home, you mean like not where you can Something just like order that. it. You know, it's like, or, oh, now you can just make it at work with the yeah. supplies at work. You can make it at work, but instead, like, you're like, no, 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 we're going to make it at home and then bring it to the job. It's like, okay, cool. We're out of it all the time because you do that. Yeah. Anyways, and then I'm waiting at eight in the morning. I don't either. I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, anyway. Sorry you, you know, had to hear that. Yeah. Be, chill out, man. All right. Take it easy. <laughs> you're the one with anger problems. One, one of our Patreonite people. Uh, Jessica said that what what really grinds her burrs is she said heckin' scales that don't register fast enough, and (laughs) that is the truth. And people not wearing masks properly, especially regulars, that's what's grinding my gears lately. I feel you. I feel you. I get you there. Do we have any new Patreonites? We do actually. Uh, We have a new Patreonite supporter, Jacob Betts. Jacob, thank you so much for supporting the podcast and i will be sending you some coffee and a socials barista button real soon and hopefully in the next month or two we can get some freaking enamel pins figured out that'd be great that'd be awesome just take some time you know all that stuff it's complicated (laughs) hate it it's the worst but you know someone that knows a lot about that kind of stuff uh lately is casey so casey casey we have you here because, yeah. you know, on this humble podcast to talk about your story, what you're doing, and some of the funny things you do also, like on TikTok and all that good stuff. Yeah, oh we my gosh, our... we're bringing TikTok into this. Oh, oh yeah. Dear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so well, let's just start. Let's just start with what is your origin story from <laughs> origin? You know, first sip to now, like, you know. And we'll kind of touch on the education and uh, like the stuff you're doing now. We'll kind of touch on that after this. But kind of tell us, like, you know, up to today, like, what's your story from the first time you sipped coffee to, you know, what you're doing now? Aw, okay. Well, I, so my origin is low elevation, 1200 meters above sea level in lovely central New Jersey. Uh huh. Right? I like that. So that, we're was, getting... that was something else. I'm not smart enough to know my elevation, but. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> Oh, I don't either. I just pulled that straight out of my butt. Uh, but let's okay. say, I don't even know how tall I am. <laughs> but listen, I come from the land of, I want a black coffee with cream and sugar, you know, from a wok. Mm. 
right? Mm. So that was kind of what I was born into. When I began to like coffee, it was um, at my first barista job at this cafe called, it was literally called The Coffee Shop um, in Edison, New Jersey. And it was, I mean, I'm not even afraid to say this, honestly, but it was a pretty horrible job, a lot of work, but I loved it. I loved being a barista because you kind of like get put into this role where you feel like you're in like, you know, what is it? Three's company or something. Um, Like you're just like this kind of role in a bar. People go and you see them every day. You get to make their coffee. You know about their life, their divorces, their Mm. doctor's appointment. And I loved that. I loved being part of a family. And I gained like this group of really close best friends who would wait for me to get out of the shop and you know, then we would go to the diner and like hang out till two in the morning every day. I love that. So I ended up leaving that job, getting a job at this startup roastery, and they hired me to kind of like work out logistics and stuff. I didn't know much, but I knew more than they did. Um, and at that job, I was like, dang, I really like coffee, but this is not where the good coffee is happening for me. So I actually left and took a job at what was called OQ at the time in Highland Park, New Jersey, which is now Penstock. And they're an incredible roastery. They've won quite a few good food awards. My friend Katie is the roaster there still to this day. And I met um, this guy named Randy Levine, who now owns Little Key Coffee in New Jersey, and um, my manager at the time, Gnome. And they were all... um, like mentors to me. Randy taught me a lot about coffee. My friend Eddie Cruz, who is a big Penstock person, um, taught me pretty much everything that I knew in the beginning um, and still to this day invests and supports my business. So I was like, dang, you know what? I think I'm going to give Intelligentsia a try. So, you know, my manic self was like, I'm going to leave New Jersey and go to New York City and live the big life. I yeah. apply, get the job at Intelli, and I was like, well, shoot like now i have to really like step up my game if i'm going to be a good intelligentsia barista i mean that's the at the time the job everybody wanted in coffee right so i learned a lot from there um and just fell in love with it and i'll be honest i didn't want to be a career barista but i haven't stopped since around 2013 and now i'm here and the one job that i always wanted but never thought i was qualified for was being an educator. And Mm -hmm. the thing that I'm doing right now is kind of like the one thing I thought that I would never be able to obtain. So it's pretty rad. You know, it's pretty radical. Um, I try to remain humble. I mean, I still feel like I'm very unqualified to be doing what I'm doing, but I'm doing it, you know? And that's, that's awesome. It's inspiring to me. You know, I'm like finally telling myself, no, I believe in you. You got the stuff. You're really good at teaching people to get into coffee. I don't have to be an expert. I'm not James Hoffman, and I never will be, and I don't try to be. But I am funny, and I do like to greet people at the door. So I'm like, I can do that. And that's kind of where I got to where I am right now. That's awesome. Yeah. I I really like what you said. Um, And I think, you know, that kind of reminds me of a point. Like, I had talked to Trey one time. And he had mentioned, I was like, I was like, oh, dude, like, you know, me personally, I've worked in the same coffee um, scene. I've been around and seen a lot of stuff, but I've worked in the same small little coffee scene here in Lexington, Kentucky for going on close to four years now. 
Um, so for my experience, you know, I was always just like, oh, you know, like, who am I to like, you know, think I could even ever leave this scene and make it anywhere. And Trey was like, dude, I literally went to Nashville and a year later I was managing a shop. So it's like, yeah, you know, I think that's something, too, is like a lot of people in coffee do kind of like underestimate themselves and think like, oh, you know, I see all these things on Instagram and I see all these people talking all this talk. Um, so, and I don't know what they're talking about, or I don't like look like that, or you know, talk like that. Like, can I really make it? You know, I think that's really cool. That yeah. You're just like, yeah, you could do it. It's awesome. Yeah, and like, and that's you brought up such a good point. That's kind of like one of my main like cogs in the machine that I'm trying to build is like I don't teach coffee like everyone else. Like, there are so many yeah. talented people out there that like are really good and sophisticated and like make beautiful videos and beautiful training content. And I absolutely love that, but that's not who I am. I went to clown school. Like I'm from New Jersey. I used to do theater. Like I'm weird and I'm strange. And I didn't think that there was a place for me at the table to do that and also teach coffee and like just make educational content and make people feel like they are qualified. Cause I'm a firm believer that everybody's a good coffee person, you know, and yeah. there's probably some people telling them that they're not. And I don't believe in that. So I was like, you know what, you know, maybe people do like my funny coffee content and maybe there's a way to marry it into coffee education. And that's what I started doing. And like the response has been out of this world. I mean, like I'm almost, I'm like a few followers away from 2k already. And I, just I saw that. Yeah in like the end of October, which like for organic growth seems like pretty good to me, you know? I'd agree. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I, I uh, you know, Coffee Plant Tattoo shared something of yours when you first started <laughs> out. You had, I think you had like 200-ish followers. And, yeah. I, and I just remember like, I didn't know, I didn't know who you were. I didn't know, you know, what exactly you were doing, but I saw like the branding and I was like, that looks, looks kind of cool. Like that's something I want to follow along with. And I've just been like, I've loved all the content since like, I think one of the first videos I saw was you like came into this into the scene on like roller skates and like you were doing like a pour over or something. I was like, that yeah. is awesome. Like that's <laughs> just like <laughs> that's cool, you know, like that's different than what, you know, the same super fancy here's how you make a pour over like on that you see on YouTube and stuff all the time or Instagram, like people being like very serious and like this is serious. It's like and that's what we kind of talk about here on the podcast and kind of our vision is like listen coffee's cool we can be serious but we have fun like let's not forget like we enjoy this industry for a reason let's remember that it's fun and we can have fun and we can laugh at ourselves even exactly yeah no and that's a beautiful thing because i've worked in like eight cafes at this point and i'm not saying that to boast i'm saying like every single cafe i've worked at has been nothing but like fart jokes and like playing video games after getting drunk at a bar after our shift and being silly. Like that's what coffee is to me, you know, at the retail level. So like, there's nothing wrong with like, you know, what James Hoffman does and like all the content creators who make like beautiful videos. It's great and aesthetically pleasing, Yeah. but that's not what it is. That's not mm -hmm. what it is at all. Right. So how long, so how long have you been in, in Chicago now? Um, let's see. I celebrated my two year anniversary here in August. Nice. So like two years and some change. Yeah. So how would you describe, you know, I personally am not familiar with the Chicago coffee scene like at all. 
Like mm-hmm. I literally only know about metric and now I know about new math and that's all I know, like companies or anything. So like kind of like, you know, what what is, what is the scene up there kind of like right now? So, I mean, and I get that a lot, you know, and when I came here, like all I knew was intelligentsia metric myself and I was able to move to Chicago. The reason why I moved to Chicago is I hated New York City. You know, right. I was not in a good place and I needed something a bit more affordable for cost of living. So I transferred to the Millennium Park in Tully. And that's the only reason why I moved to Chicago, really. Oh, it was no, just very you, easy. Yeah. Um, so when I left Intelligentsia, I was like, well, there's metric. And like, I ended up getting a job there. I was, I ran the education department there. Um, and that was great. And, but like, when you look at it, there's not really anything that pops But I have learned that there's actually just a lot of small shops that people don't know about. Like Printer's Row Coffee are a bunch of like these badass women who roast and, you know, they're really nice. I talk to them a lot. Um, New Math Mikey is a very talented roaster and also super patient in the fact that like I keep ordering like all these like, you know, weird orders because I just wasn't prepared for the demand of my shop and they're very talented, but there's things coming up. You know, I think Chicago is going to be the next place to like keep eyes on, especially with like mm-hmm. Third Coffee. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Third Coffee, Raul, um, who made like a coffee cart. I think his story is really cool. And my oh, friend okay. Antoine at Atmos just opened up this beautiful cafe uh, serving Happy Monday coffee. So like, I feel like something is building pretty rapidly. And like my, you know, vision is to have a brick and mortar. Like I don't have the revenue for that yet, but I would like to have something physical for what I'm doing right now to have like a training lab and such. So I have a feeling like Chicago in the next year or two is going to be really saturated with a bunch of talented people. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like something cool too that I've talked about that I've seen specifically here in Lexington, but I think it's happening at large with, you know, this the last two years especially we've had a lot of you know coffee like people in the coffee industry at different shops like forming unions and stuff because Mm -hmm. of just like crappy owners and i like to think that you know in the like we're coming at a time where more people are gonna be starting shops that are baristas that have worked in this industry you know Mm -hmm. um like Lexington the last few years specifically we've been plagued with like a lot of just you know bad owners and people that start coffee shops but have no idea what it's like to be a barista so it's kind of like one of those things where I'm like it's cool to see like all these people you know doing their own thing and just really like stepping up and you know taking hold of that opportunity is really cool yeah I mean like that's kind of like what lit a fire under my ass to like do this was I just don't have joy working for other people anymore. And that's not to say that everybody I've worked with was bad. It's just like, I have so many ideas. I mean, I'll be honest with you. The last few years, I thought that I was just like a bad worker. Like I'm not, but I just, something in me felt like I was just super uninspired And like, I was really good at my practical job, but in terms of like an emotional side of things, I was just like not invested in anything. So except for my role at metric, I put so much into that. And when I lost that job because of the pandemic and then started working as a barista again, 
I just felt like it wasn't fitting with me. I was like, I just want to do my own thing. I don't know what that's going to be. So I bought a domain like Mm -hmm. randomly and then set it up. And I'm like, okay, I'll just consult and like maybe get jobs here and there. And then it kind of just like grew rapidly into the thing I have now. But like, I think that this is a cool time for baristas who feel like they are not being served well in their current places and who are really like hurt by the industry because there's just so much in the industry that's hurtful for them to like just freelance and do their own thing and get their money, get their dime. Mm -hmm. It's really with virtual classes. I mean, minors have been so successful. I didn't think that I would be able to make money, but I just think that there's going to be a really cool movement of baristas kind of stepping away and doing their own thing and making their own job, whatever job they like the best, they can make that themselves. And that's kind of what I see myself doing. We've kind of talked about that on the show. We've even mentioned like that we think right now a lot of shops are owned by just like owners with money and owners that have that dream, that side dream of being like, oh, I've always wanted to have a coffee shop. And then they just kind of go at it. Um, But we were talking about like we think the next generation of owners of coffee shops, of third wave shops and specialty shops are going to be baristas that have that years of experience in it, not just like people that are consumers, but people that have worked the industry and in that world. And I actually, um, like you're talking about teaching and this is kind of your main job, but I'm interested to know like more behind the business part and like the story of how you've started to make this, like this education thing and everything like your main job. No, that's great. Um, so the, the thing that I never want to lose sight on is, um, that I want to make sure that education is accessible for people. Um, cause as somebody who is a wholesale trainer in a company that wasn't mine, There's just a lot of people who don't get professional training and then they end up leaving their jobs or they are spoken badly to by their managers because there's no training. So there's no accountability put in place for either party. And it's, you know, really baffling, actually. So what I want to do is, you know, I do charge like some money because I do put like, man, I worked like a week straight on like just a PowerPoint. Like I put so much effort into it, but I try to make it accessible. So I'll have like some classes are just $5 entry. Some of them are free. You know, my last one was $15 and it was like a huge crash course on just barista training. So I don't want to lose sight. I want to make sure that my training is accessible, but that, you know, I'm also getting compensated because I am allowed to do that. And anybody who does this work is allowed to do that. Um, But I try to keep like a balance with free resources. Like I have like some free resources on my website and, you know, my inbox is like crazy now. It's like a little much to handle sometimes, but I do try to talk to people and maintain relationships because I know what it's like to feel like you're alone and not supported when you're working in a cafe by people who don't know coffee and don't know how that job works. So I want people to know that there are support. It doesn't have to be me. I don't work for everybody, but I want there to be like a support system that they can get, you know? So I try to do my best with that. Well, tell us more about like this barista training and education. Like for me, I'm like, I'm in my head, I'm just thinking like, it's more than just like how to do a pour over or how to do something like to me, like to be a barista involves like your activity in like not only brewing coffee, but coffee as a culture and as a community and people walking through the door. So like, tell, 
tell us more about kind of like the whole barista training slash education kind of thing you do. Absolutely. And that's a great question. Um, because the last barista training class that I had, um, there were some things that I wanted to make sure were in it that involved like how to deal with your anxiety during a rush. I also had like chapters on, you know, what you should do when there's three people behind the bar, how to double bar with somebody. These are the things that we don't talk about. And I know a couple of wholesale training program curriculums, and they don't talk about this stuff. They don't talk about milk sharing or how to make oat milk work, you know, because oat milk's finicky and hard to work with for beginning baristas or anybody, really. So it's like those little <laughs> things that we don't think about. It's not, you know, I'm very passionate about talking about farmers, producers, seed to cup, very passionate about that. But also, if you want to set up baristas to succeed, you have to go past the proper tamping technique. You have to go past how to make your coffee good. It does. You're not going to pull a perfect shot every time. And that's okay because we're not robots. So to have like training that also touches on if you feel like you're having an anxiety attack on bar and your manager doesn't let you leave, here are some exercises that are proven with somatics that will calm your nervous system down. How to communicate with your coworker when they're being bad to you or how to talk to customers when they're being bad to you or how to change gaskets in your espresso machine. For some reason, that's not talked about a lot in trainings, but like you need to do it. If you're a barista, you should know how to clean your burr sets or you know, you should be able to know what your pressure gauges read. So I try right. to touch on those things as well, not just about making coffee good because that's about 20% of a barista's job. Right. You know, one thing I love hearing you talk about right now, and mostly because I have a little bit of background, um, seeing some of the other stuff you post about, uh, I know I've heard you mention before about, you know, a lot of like males in the coffee shop typically have this, I know how to dial in more than, you know, women in coffee shops. Mm-hmm. And I know you had a video about dialing in along those lines. <laughs> I kind of wanted to hear you elaborate a little bit on that for us. Yeah, I think what you may be mentioning is that video. Is it the video I did with the guy on the cupping table? Uh, that's one of them. Yeah, there was another okay. one, but I don't remember exactly. I don't know if I even watched all of it. But I just like was like, mm, that's a good, that's good <laughs> stuff, you know? Yeah, you know what? Like, I do that as I love everybody. You know, like I, there are so many like good guys that I've worked with. So many of them. But I do think like there needs to be at least a little bit of space for those who aren't the white cis dudes at a coffee shop who think that they are, you know, the best at dialing in to like have a laugh at what we deal with, because it's truly like that. I mean, I've been on the cupping table with plenty of great individuals, but also I've been on the cupping table with people who think that they can taste like, like. 30 minute decayed banana peel in a coffee. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, are you, like, honey, honey, are you good? That Did you good. do 30 minute decayed banana peel. Like, oh my God. You know, it's just like, but like that exists. Like, yeah, I remember. It's so, it's so real. It's so real. I remember one of the people who made me feel like I could never be an educator was like that. And he would shame me in front of customers, I kid you not, he would shame me about philosophy, which is something I was studying at the time at Baruch University, would shame me, he would make me feel like I didn't know how to dial, he would train me in a way that was not even like the real stuff with extraction theory, basically like gaslighting me. This guy was horrible. 
And we deal with that so much. And I feel like it needs to be talked about because I'll be honest with you. And I'm a big, you know, advocate for the thing I'm about to say right now. And I know I might have some people who disagree with me, but like, I really doubt people if they're not Q graders or whatever can really taste accurately all of the insanely specific coffee notes. I get that they're fun, you know, and I used to do the thing I was on QC for metric and I would help do the tasting notes for like blend development and, you know, getting new green coffee in. So I've done that and fun tasting notes are fun, but the ones that are just obscure and inaccessible make people feel bad about not being able to taste it. And I think that needs to change. Yeah, Casey. I mean, there's a there's a roaster that we recently got at our shop and on the back, they use like a wax seal on their bags. I forget who they are because I saw their bag like like in passing. But on the back, they don't put tasting notes. They put we taste like we taste these things. And I'm like, that's awesome. I like that. And when I train like, man, Casey, like I wish you could meet this girl in Lexington, Kentucky, that train I got to work with. Her name's Maddie. She's seriously the bomb. And, uh, you know, I've like totally seen where you're coming from with like girls on bar because what happens every time is get girls get thrown at register and like a guy takes over the bar and i always thought that was so funny because i'm kind of like you're doing that because you're scared like as a guy on the bar you're doing that because you you know in your head that you're not you can't be as hospitable and awesome to the customers walking in so you're just gonna do like the rough and tough job and that's like coming from insecurity. And I talk to guy baristas on the sense of like, hey, like every customer that comes to the door, that's an interaction. Something that I use when I train baristas, like, cause I mainly train people on register more than I would on bar because I'm like, this is, you're in control. You're the person in control of everything on this bar right here at this register. And I tell them you have the choice. And I've said this on this podcast a hundred times. And I don't care. I'll say it a hundred more times. We have a choice when people walk into your shop, you can either make their day better or make their day worse. And I'm not going to tell yeah. you to make their day better, but I'm going to tell you don't make it worse. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like, cause you can't, you can't control making their day better. You don't know, but just don't choose to make it worse. And so that can be from just smiling, saying, Hey, and talking about the weather or just whatever, but just don't make it worse. But man, like so many times, like Maddie, I remember the first time, I mean, I've been working, I mean, same as you, I've been working since 2013 in coffee and uh, I was working with Maddie and she immediately went to reg- register and I was like, and I was showing her some techniques and stuff, but I was like, Hey, just jump on bar and take over these drinks and stuff. And I just work register. And I'm like, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to sound like an old soul. Cause I don't want to be one of those in this case, but I'm kind of like, you know, I've slang so many lattes. Like why, why would I keep just, why would I just be stuck on this bar? Like I want to experience the customers. I'm new to town. Like I would rather work the register because I want to experience the best part about this coffee shop. And that's the people that make it good. And like, you know, Maddie, she's like, literally, she's the most interesting woman. Like she's the Dos Equis guy in woman form. Um, and she's like, she's not even a major coffee nerd or like, Oh, coffee, this and that and that. But I think it was her and somebody else asked me at the shop, like, how do you dial in the espresso? And what do you try to taste for? And I was saying exactly what you were saying. I'm like, you know what? Like, I quit trying to think like, I just want to get more cherry out of this coffee. It's like, I think the roaster's intention is for it to be extracted correctly. Mm-hmm. Like the water to coffee ratio, like get a refractometer kind of action. Like, so to me, that's their intention. So do that. And if other tasting things come out, could be the humidity. I mean, it could be the area that you're just located in. Who knows? So yeah. to me, just like, 
ex- get it to that extraction point and decide like, man, is, is this tasty in general? Like, great. Then a customer is going to come in and love it because taste is honestly subjective, but the roaster's intention is just correct extraction. And so it's funny. I totally agree. That's why I died when you said like a 30, like <laughs> the whole aged banana peel thing. Cause I'm like, when I look at tasting notes, like I almost convinced Trey to make a segment of the show about the most ridiculous tasting notes in coffee. Oh my because God, please I'll look at a that. bag and I'll be like, what is this? This isn't a real, f- no, have you ever tasted that? Tell me you've tasted that. Like when somebody goes, it tastes like dragon fruit. And I'm like, well, I'm out. I've never had dragon fruit in my life. Like never once. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, I don't even know what a dragon fruit tastes like. Exactly. Like it, you know, it should be playful. It should be fun. And like, you know, if you want to really throw that, it, it people's companies are their companies. I get that. They can do what they want. But it's when people use, and I can't believe this is something I have to argue because it's so silly when you take up myself out of the context, but like, we shouldn't be using flavor notes to make people feel bad about themselves, but yes. people do that. And that's yeah. why I really like um, Umeko Moriyoshi, who makes, they make the um, rainbow cupping spoons and their whole philosophy yeah. is like, you know, Tasting notes are just opinions. Your slurp. I can't tell you how many times I've been at the table with people who slurp. And I swear, I'm like, oh my God, am I going to miss the train? Like, am I at a train platform? <laughs> I swear <laughs> to God. I the just train is leaving. Oh I'm gosh, like, the tasty train is on the way. God. Yeah, I'm like, wow, dude, <laughs> hey, that's I'm a, so I'm a believer great. in the sip because to sip the drip, you got to sip it. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You got to get a good. Yes. Oh, I no, you are and I, so I do it because right it's satisfactory. I don't even do it because I think it makes the coffee taste any different. I do it because it feel it makes me feel like my dad, like listening to my dad sip his coffee when it was super hot in the morning when he was taking me to school. <laughs> like it just, I want to be my dad, you know, and slurp coffee. Like, you know, I want to be an adult. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. You know, it's like, and the, you know, people who. I understand that there is science behind it. And I do know, and I read up on all the things, you know, why you have to spray the palate and blah, 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 blah. blah. But like I said before, I want to be the person who greets people and brings them into the conversation. And there's other people who are better with the experts and I'm going to let them do that. But I want to get people excited about coffee. I want to, and I did some stuff with like, you know, Breville, where I taught public classes to 25 people who have never touched an espresso machine in their life, but they bought one for Christmas for their husband, right? So I taught those people and they are my favorite people to teach. I actually like to teach non-coffee people because they're like, yes. wow, I didn't know that coffee can be processed in that way. I thought honey process meant you put honey in it. I didn't know that I can make good espresso. I'm like, yes, Deborah, you can make good espresso at home. Go, Deborah. Let's get it, Deborah. Go, Deborah. <laughs> yes, we love you, Deborah. Oh my god, we love Deborah. Those, are, yeah, those are my favorite. We did a cupping at a shop I worked at in the past, and like I just loved the people that had no idea about coffee, and they were just like thrilled and excited just to be learning and trying and be like, "Wow, I didn't know coffee could taste like this," you know? Because uh-huh. like for some people, their whole life has been. I just imagine there's a big factory and there's just a bunch of brown coffee in there. They ground it up and they put it in my Folgers cup. But apparently there's a lot more to it. And people are like, that's crazy. Coffee can taste good. And, you know, it's there's so much to it. It's really cool to teach those people and like being accessible, not trying to make a huge like you have to be 
like this to know about coffee when it's like eh, like anyone can learn it like let's just stop being tryhards and just let people in you know right exactly it's meeting people where they're at and making them a little bit better because they can be better they already have it's not like we are born without the ability to move our arm around for a pour over like we got that they just need the guidance you know so i never want to like talk down to people i just kind of like to talk with them and be like yo what do you need from me okay you like dark roast okay you like decaf sick i actually know how to make decaf taste great and i'm gonna give it to you let's go casey Mm -hmm. that is literally the bomb well literally coming up literally we got we got some some other stuff to talk about some some more lighthearted stuff to talk about like tiktok yeah tiktok oh boy Okay, so I sent I sent you a vid tray, a, a, a oh. particular TikTok made by the Casey of Casey. Mace I know Talk. which one it is, so I'm scared. <laughs> okay, I think it I have is... to bounce out of the the clubhouse. Hold on. Okay, you could just join back in whenever you finish watching it. He's gone. Okay, I'm I'm gonna watch it real quick. Give me a second. I have to put it near the mic so y'all can hear me watch it. All right, who are we making fun of today, Trey? We're not making fun of Casey. Oh, I'm trying to listen. I'm trying to listen, Trey. Oh, no. I'm out of coffee. Looks like I need to make a second one. You want to second coffee, but you haven't even had your breakfast first. Get your breakfast first. You dumb bitch. Why don't you have a niche for some breakfast I don't know if I've ever been more inspired that, in my life to eat breakfast. That came very loudly through my headphones <laughs> as soon as it started. Well, well, that's because that song slaps. And don't yeah. even act like I'm not going to be singing that every freaking day. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, Casey, yeah. didn't you went kind of viral with this video, right? I did. I don't know. Y'all... Let me tell you one thing before we continue. Tell us. It better I be one not. thing. It is. And then I'm, it's only one thing and then I leave. Okay. So <laughs> last <laughs> one words. thing and then I'm out. Um, I started a TikTok because I was so bored in quarantine, right? As we probably all did. Listen, we can all admit <laughs> it's it. True. It's a safe space here, right? So started it. a TikTok, just started to make things and like things started going viral and I was just not expecting it and then i did that video and like i think her name is like Lori hernandez she's an olympian she used that audio this guy from a nickelodeon show used that audio and i'm like what's going on this morning i got sent a video somebody covered it and made it into an indie song and i'm like what is going on (laughs) that is awesome it makes sense and honestly it speaks to my heart like i'm glad i don't eat breakfast ever never ever do I eat breakfast. You know what? I take that back. I eat Wendy's breakfast sometimes because, man, Wendy's breakfast kind of slaps. But here's the deal. I get to work, have a cup of coffee, and I think this is going to be it for a while until I (laughs) literally do something with breakfast. I cannot drink more coffee or I will literally go into shock. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I'm the same way. I get to a morning shift and I'm like, three or four dial shots in and I am just jacked. I'm like, 
what mm-hmm. like it's kind of good for me because I am not the biggest morning person early in the morning. So usually by the time customers come in, I am super excited to see people. Like you think I just had some a little bit of coke before I started my shift, but yeah, that that, that meal will hold you over. So you you kind of need that sometimes. I gotta start yeah. at least get a perfect bar in my system or something. Because yeah, man, I, I just I want that in my life. It's hard, y'all. It's hard, especially when you open. I mean, <laughs> it's hard, y'all. It's just yeah i know like the midwest is taking over sometimes i really have to dial it back but anyways like working remotely believe it or not working remotely because i quit day glow and then like committed to this thing full time i am even worse with the breakfast thing now even worse than Um, where i eat day old pastries we all live on markout pastries we can admit it as a family right i love it yeah i mean i like it it's my diet about it yeah, but you know the breakfast the thing is pastries. hard. The savory, uh, it sucks because I'm a vegetarian and I have been for my whole life. I was raised a vegetarian, so it's like I look at the ham and cheese croissant and it looks at me back, and I'm like, we can't be together, you know. You so it's that. like forbidden yes. love. Forbidden. Oh God, forbidden love. <laughs> Casey, this is a this is starting to get like emotional. I think we should make a true true crime episode out of this about the vegetarian that ate the ham and cheese croissant. Oh my gosh. Like, well, I, go? I do have an acting degree. So you just call wow. your girl up and we'll make it happen. All right. Great. I am <laughs> funny enough. Um, this is a side note. Uh, I mean, I might put this in the podcast. I don't really care. So me and uh, a guy, a, a buddy of mine who wants me to help him with some like video editing and things like that. He got really interested in the script that I wrote um, for like a, you know, like a pilot episode of a TV series that I uh, was working on. Uh, and it's about uh, two coffee shops and like, there's a lot of like details to it, but he was immediately like, all right, who are we going to find to like help do this pilot episode and everything like that? And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is, this could really happen. So if we get serious oh. about it, Casey, you're getting a, you're getting a discord call. All right. You're getting a ring. All right. I'm so. going to get my monologues, my monologues ready for you guys. You got to get your yeah. monologues. monologues. You know, I have no audition, Casey, you're in. If If we do it, you get the part. Oh my god, siak. That's so quite. <laughs> siak. That is so siak. We're gonna make the best coffee shop show of all time. Uh, <laughs> people are gonna know what hit them. Okay, so I asked some people on the Instagrams um if they have any questions for the podcast for us to talk about or Yay. for you in specific, Casey. So we're just gonna hit some of those questions up. Um and I got a I got a couple myself that I'll start with to kind of get the ball rolling. Um, one thing I was going to say is, you know, what advice would you give for somebody that's, you know, starting out in coffee, like starting out the coffee industry? Oh, I love this question. I love it so much. I would recommend that if they have the time, you know, after their shift or on a day off to make friends with the community, like it could be on Instagram or um, just like going to coffee shops on their times off, you know, and just like becoming friends with the baristas. Because what happens there is not only do you have a friend, you have a new professional connection that can help you. Um, you know, I do a lot of events and stuff with my really good friend Ty here in Chicago, and Ty is a powerful person. And the reason that I'm so close with him now is because we became friends through coffee and like said hey to each other, right? So I feel like 
when you're starting off in coffee, going to different coffee shops, trying out their coffee and seeing what they do different and taking what you like and leaving what you dislike while making friends and communicating is a good way to build your skills, believe it or not, is through other people. Um, also, just like online education. I mean, there's so many great resources on the internet and I feel like everybody can find a certain content creator or educator that jives with them. Um, and then my third piece of advice would be drink a lot of coffee, just drink like a lot of different roasters of coffee. And um, the friendship thing that I mentioned first comes in handy because you'll start trading beans with each other. And you know, one of the first great experiences I had in specialty coffee was at that cafe I worked at before I got hired at Penstock, which was formerly OQ. Randy, who became my coworker, um, before I got hired, gave me this shot of Ethiopia. It's almost like he knew I was a barista and he was like, I want to give this to you. Let me know how you like it. I think it's great. I'm like, yeah, I love this. He was like, sick. Great. I gave him a tip. And because of that, you know, I kind of got that job at Penstock and, you know, became friends. I think that's the most important thing because it's a industry that gets really isolating really quickly. So making Definitely. friends, I think, is priority. Yeah. And it's nice to have a shop where you can go and feel the camaraderie that you feel at your own shop at a mm -hmm. different shop that you don't work at. Like, like for me, you know, my bud's at Manchester Coffee here in Lexington. I mean, they've just been a great place for me to feel like I have a place I belong where I'm not necessarily expected to work. Um, of course, I'd love to work with them. That chance ever happens. But it's nice to be able to go somewhere and see people you know and kind of just decompress about stuff. And that's one thing I've enjoyed, too, about, you know, ever since I started the meme page and podcast has been like, I've been like making friends all over the place that of places I've never been to or like, you know, people I've never even met in person or have briefly briefly met in person one time but be, like making those connections at different cities so i could be like wow i can drive to this random city in this random place and yeah. i know the barista that works at this random shop i've never been to like it's just kind of cool you can make those connections yeah uh, absolutely yeah so next question i have for you what have you learned you know in this journey of making you know kind of doing your own thing in the coffee world oh my goodness uh -huh. And a I'm sure lot. you're still learning too right now. So much. My friends, I am not a business person, okay? So the fact that I decided to become one was definitely a learning curve. I mean, it's, and don't get me wrong, I have not worked this hard um, ever in the last like five years at a coffee job before. I am now working the hardest I have worked in the last five years. And I'm learning all of these things that just kind of came. So it's like I started this thing. I didn't really I had, you know, some design work experience in my back pocket. I know how to market myself a bit, but like you then learn how to become real good at it real fast and it comes at you pretty quickly. But I think it's really exciting to see that like now I know how to set up an inventory pricing sheet. I know what pricing margins are. I'm learning SEO. So there's just all this stuff this indirect experience that I'm getting from my own project. And the best part is that you can start without really knowing what you want to do. And that's what I tell people. Like, if you have an idea, if you're really passionate about it, that's what you need is the heart. I'm really passionate about what I do. So the work does not feel stressful. I am not stressed out. 
Like I just have a lot of work to do. Some days are a little harder, but I would not trade it in for the world. I don't mind some of the 10 hour days and I have to have those resting days too. But I have learned so much in a short amount of time that I think that more people need to do this sort of thing, this sort of freelance thing, because you end up learning that you have the capabilities of being a boss and owning a company. And there is nothing more fulfilling than getting that after being told that you cannot have that by people in management. Right on. Yeah. Um, so here's some IG questions. What up, IG? Um, Dipper's mother asked... I don't know who you are, but you're Dipper's mom. You're Dipper's mother. Then you got uh, going on. Favorite Chicago roasters. What you got for that? Favorite Chicago roasters. Ooh, yeah. Well, new math. We talked about new math. Love my yeah. food. Also, we just ordered for... them on your shop. Oh, I'm excited for you. Excited that Bali is kicking. Bali, I the first coffee that I had that blew my mind was a Bali. Anyways, um, favorite Chicago roaster, hands down four letter word. Why? They have good coffee. Rhea, who like runs the show there, is absolutely amazing, supportive, and kind. All of their baristas there are incredibly kind and talented. I've never had a bad experience there. And they're just really good people. I like to support the good people. So I would say four-letter word. Printer's Row, I actually haven't had their coffee, but they're so nice and supportive, and they like to talk to me a lot, and they seem to really care about their employees, so I think that's important. Um, Also, Metric sources really good coffee, and as somebody who worked for that company, um, I know that they they pay really good money for their green. Like, I can say that, like, it's a true thing. So, and they get some great coffees as well, especially Honduras. We were talking about guats before but i gotta give it up to my honduran coffee producers because they've yes. been making some fire coffee in the past few years. that's so Good true i coffee. mean lately there's been a lot of great honduran coffees a lot of roasters are using them lately it's been really cool yeah benjamin paz i met him and he does really cool work with uh setting farmers up in that region so awesome. yeah well one of my personal favorite names on instagram that follows us uh pooter spoon asked oh, <laughs> pooter that's Pooter's my new back. friend let's go pooter uh so here's a question from pooter it's uh when's the next online uh sensory class also oh. why are you so great oh oh they're so sweet yeah we became friends on instagram like i was saying y'all like you just make friends like with your instagram for socialist barista you've probably made so many friends i have too and it just feels like i'm part of this cool community but anyways to answer your question um the next sensory event i was actually thinking about that today and i'll make it quick uh for those who don't know what that is i led a sensory event where i told people i gave them a list of certain foods and snacks that would describe certain types of acidity sweetness body and flavor notes in coffee. And I tried to make them very common and accessible. Um, And we basically just ate a bunch of snacks for an hour and talked about how it tasted. There was not even any coffee on the table. So we were just kind of like calibrating our palates and leading some people in what we do in the cupping table when we calibrate our palates. Anyways, I don't know. I want to say March because I'm actually planning two events right now, one of which is going to be a live stream, probably a Twitch platform event. Um, that's going to be a triangulation, a live triangulation and an oat milk masterclass led by my friend Ty. And we're going to stream it 
I believe at Side Project, Side Practice now. Um, and I'm also, I have this really cool idea of having a PowerPoint party where people, it'll be like for free and like everybody who comes to the Zoom call has a PowerPoint about their favorite coffee farmer and we just like learn about them. I don't know. I think it would be like a really cute idea to do something like that. That'd so those cool. are the two events I'm working on right now. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Nick Gwynn, who is also listening live right now in our Discord as we're talking. Um, Hanging out. She asked... Uh, any ideas or advice for a barista looking to create an online presence in the coffee world? Oh, great question. Um, so I will say to you that when I started Casey Makes Coffee, um, I started making a lot of videos, um, some of which were like silly, like we were talking about the roller skating one where I was pouring a latte on roller skates. Um, I just started doing tutorials about things that I thought were interesting. I would say if you want to start making content and have an online presence, don't worry about starting from the beginning of what coffee training is. Like you don't have to make a video about a proper pour over as your first video, like do whatever you want and just do it consistently and, you know, make sure that you love doing it. I also supplement when I'm video burnt out. Cause right now I'm kind of going through a video burnout, honestly, cause it's a lot of work. Um, I do, things on Canva. I have a Canva Pro subscription, which has been a absolute lifesaver for me. Um, and I make like, you know, carousel infographics and those have gotten shared so much. And I think I got most of my followers from the fact that I make the content that like has really good information that looks cute that people can share on their stories. So I would say just start with whatever makes sense to you. You don't have to talk about like, you know, how to make, you know, the best espresso, do whatever you want. Like, I really think decaf is a cool thing to talk about. So I made a video about decaf and it ended up being a really good video. I'm also in a comedy, like whatever your strengths are, marry that into coffee and people will notice. I mean, that's how Barista League noticed me. They saw that I started doing all these videos and then they approached me to produce a show with me, which is going to go up in like late February. So People notice if you keep doing it and keep providing content on your page and just let it grow as it does, it'll, it'll happen. Yeah. Um, I could, I could speak to that too, is just, you know, like, like as Casey was saying, you know, be yourself, your own strengths. Don't try to be someone you're not. I think that's been a good learning curve for me and Trey, as we've been doing this podcast, you know, it's like, yeah, we're not cat and cloud. We're not boss barista. We're mm -hmm. our own thing. So while we can take inspiration from their great content, we're also going to oh, yeah. do our own thing and just be ourselves and have fun. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, last question from Gringo Pendejo um, <laughs> says, sign of when to run from a toxic cafe. Oh, girl. First of all, solidarity. Second of all. Um... <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> solidarity. Oh. I have had so many HR issues with many companies that I will not name. Okay. So we're going to start there. Um, so your girl's head has been through it. Um, what I would say is there is something about the nervous system that will tell you if you are in a bad work environment and you should listen to the alarms that go set off in your brain. I will say 
One thing that is intolerable to me, that is usually an indicator of really bad things to come, is when your reporting manager or cafe manager, whoever is like your boss, however you want to put that, if they are silent to you, if they do not provide feedback when you ask, or they make you feel like you are undeserving of their communication, that is a bad sign. And I have been through that so much. Passive aggression is not something to be taken lightly because it then really affects the way you feel about your work performance and you will become miserable because they are unable to be mature and communicate in a professional way. So I would say that's a big one. And I think that's something that's hard to catch like right up front. So I would say, keep your eyes on that. Also, uh, being in work environments where people are making you feel like your shortcomings, and I'm doing air quotes right now, um, that your shortcomings are something to be penalized. Like for instance, if you have some coworkers who make you feel bad for not being super um, quick on bar or you know, not doing really good swans or latte arts or who perpetually say that your dials are wrong and that you don't know how to do coffee. I would also say run because I have been there and it absolutely destroyed me and it turned into such a big HR issue that I actually kind of left the company because of it because I was just so fed up and you know, I don't tolerate people making me feel like I'm small because I work so hard to be not small. Right so on. I would say those are my two big ones. Yeah. I'd quickly throw in too when uh, your employers don't take your livelihood seriously and mm-hmm. they schedule you barely at all. Like there's a, someone we worked with in the past that the owners didn't like him. So they just kind of stopped scheduling him. And it's kind of oh, like that's multiple weeks for multiple weeks, not even saying anything and just basically their passive way of saying, maybe this person will leave. And it's like this person left their job to work for you. And now because you don't like them, for whatever reason, and you're not willing to address them directly, you're just going to passive aggressively take away their hours and affect their livelihood. Like that is a big get the heck out of town. Yeah, there's no excuse for, for that. If as an owner, no. there's just none. Like you, yeah. there's no justification. Like besides saying you're sorry and saying that what you did yeah. was incorrect. And during a pandemic, so <laughs> like come uh, on. Uh, yeah, no, but. that's awful. I've heard that happen so many times. It's so sad. Yeah, yeah it's rough. Well, we are probably well over our time but this has been i mean a freaking great episode and casey we're just so honored that you would you know take time i know you're super busy you've been doing all kinds of awesome stuff so thank you for taking the time to be on the podcast and uh being in the discussions we go to move over to clubhouse for a little bit um however much time you got of course but um yeah and what was i gonna say i don't know i was gonna say i was gonna say something but oh this was gonna say um where can people find you if they haven't heard of you yet and tell us, you know, where we can buy stuff from you. Uh-huh. So, and this, you know, no offense to the older generation. I say that in a hush tone, but they don't realize that my website's actually casey.coffee because that's not a domain. Dot coffee isn't something that existed. So my website is caseymakes.coffee. That's it. Um, I'm on Instagram as Casey Makes Coffee. I'm on everything as Casey Makes Coffee. Um, and my shop is on my website. And you can access access that on the front page. It should be um, one of the first few things you see. You can also shop on my Instagram. And I 
have a lot of rotating roasters. I'm getting Little Wolf in and some new pear cup works, which I'm really excited about, and some Cafec filters too, and some really cool stuff. So yeah, take a look at my Instagram for that stuff. Yeah, and links in her Instagram bio for the website, all kinds of other stuff. Uh, she's got a Patreon. And if if you like what she's doing, and even if you like if you're like me, money's kind of tight. Um, you at least go subscribe and do the two dollar one. You know, every bit counts and helps. You know, it really so does. Don't <laughs> in the industry pursue a dream. You know, we talk about that a lot. So let's be real about it. Let's support each other's dreams and visions and uh, any way we can, even just a little way. So yeah. Um, thanks, Casey, for being on. And Thank you. yeah, this is the Socialist Barista Podcast. <laughs>